So we got a new to us TV. Mm. Um, my parents were getting rid of theirs, and I did not realize. But in Jordan's opinion, we had a perfectly fine but small-ish mm. television. Mm-hmm. I have no concept of television sizes, except I think most TVs are too big. Mm. Just because me as a person, I just feel like that's a big TV. <laughs> um, so I think our living room TV was 36 inches, I want to say. That's bigger than what mine is currently. Yeah. I think it was 36 inches. I don't and I feel like that's, really know. That's, a, that, that's not small. Um, it is by the world standards. Huh. This is what I mean. I think you and I are probably <laughs> similar on this. Like if you go to Target, I don't even know if oh, they yeah. sell a thirty-six Those enormous inch TV. things now. Yeah. So, and I think it was thirty-six. It might have been thirty-two. I'm not sure. Even still. Yeah. I don't know. So I feel like that's a pretty decent sized TV. And also, when I say that, this is the other thing I learned about TVs. That's the screen size. Yeah. It's not how big it takes up on your. It's not how big it takes up on your dresser. Yeah. Or no. Whatever. Um, so I, I think it's 36. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but my parents were getting rid of their 50 inch and I was like, Oh, I don't know. Whatever. But we tried it and I agree. Like the picture is a lot better. Like it's a Samsung. Our other one was a, I don't even know, like a no name Mm -hmm. brand. Um, and I'd rather accept a free TV than two years from now have to buy a TV. Right. So it is our new living room TV. So then we have this 36 inch, mm-hmm. I think, ish size television. And I was ready to get rid of it because we have not had a TV in our bedroom for eight years, nine years. Um, now, we're not like Puritans. Yeah. Like we watch TV on the computer. Yeah. Before bed. And Jordan was like, let's just try a TV in our bedroom, which I was like, ugh, I don't think I'm gonna like this. I, know. I don't want a TV in our bedroom. <laughs> So we tried it last night. Like, last night was the first um, night we had it in our bedroom. And we watched a movie. Partly, I do also want to keep the TV, is because the new TV does not have a DVD player. Mm. And I'm still very old school and watch DVDs. What do you mean it doesn't have a DVD player? There is no DVD player in the TV. Our DVD, oh. tape, our DVD player would have to be separate. Like, oh. you have to buy one. I didn't know that they had TVs that had DVD players built in. Yes. Our TV, which we got... Okay. I, Ten years ago, I don't okay. know. We've been married. That 11... all makes sense to me now. Yeah. Okay. We've been married almost eleven years, and our first TV was a big, you know, what I'm talking about not flat yeah. screen, like the, the a, just a giant tube yeah. television um, that my friend donated, like gave to us. Then we bought this 32, 36 inch TV. Uh, did we buy it? We might have gotten it for Christmas from Bill and Twilight, and it was like a no name brand, whatever. But it was fine. It's yeah. worked for us well. It had the DVD but it had player. DVD player. Okay. So we watched Game Night last night. But my point is, what is your opinion on TVs in the bedroom? Um, I don't want one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't watch. Before bed. Mm-mm. Um, we are on our phones. Yeah. <laughs> or I am on my computer reading or right. something. Um, so it's not like you're screen free. It's not like we're screen free. But I don't want a TV in the bedroom. And I think partially because I always had one growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think it contributed to my lifetime of insomnia. Ah, uh, okay. I, I, TV is never background noise for me. No, me neither. Um, Except so like, like cleaning. If it's on, I am watching it. Okay. <laughs> Which means it, you wouldn't want it on before it, bed. It, exactly. Um, and so Kelsey has talked about having a TV so that we can like just put on a movie and go to sleep. And I'm yeah. just like, but I, I'm, I'm going to watch the movie. Right. We <laughs> like we got in bed at night. 
9? We got in bed at 9. Mm-hmm. Watched game night. And, and then I, turned the lights off at 10.30. And I like that concept yeah. where you like get in bed a little bit early, watch something, yeah. and then go to sleep. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And that's something we would do, go to the couch. Right. I think <laughs> So I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Because yeah. the jury's still, like, I don't know. I will say it was nice. I mean, our house is small, so it doesn't matter. But like, it was kind of nice to like go to bed yeah. and like be in PJs and in our bed yeah. at 9 p.m. Yeah. But still watch something. Normally we'd be on our couch, which mm-hmm. is fine. I love being in our living room, but it definitely feels like we're not ready for bed then. Yeah. We're in our living room. I'm not morally opposed to it. Yeah. I just don't think for me it's what I want to do. Yeah. I can't decide. So growing up, I did not have a TV mm-hmm. in my room ever. And I had a baby TV, like oh, a, yeah. a 12-inch screen. Yeah, I, that was, that's what we were talking about last night was... And an antenna. We had a... In college was the first time I ever had a TV in my mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. in my dorm. Um, and it was 13 inches. And it's the same TV we had in our bedroom when we were married, mm-hmm. was this 13-inch. And that's what I watched the Today Show on every yeah. morning. Um, but, you know, podcasts have taken over a lot of that. So, like, I don't need a TV in the morning, yeah. really. Um at all jury is still out for me but it did feel jordan teased and i did too i was like is this what rich people feel like like to have a tv in every room like is this what rich people feel like and then you we did feel like we were staying at a hotel yeah because that's I what a hotel that. feels oh yeah like. like you put on hgtv yes like and you go to bed yeah yeah and, so, and i get that and and i also do have these weirdly comforting memories that i didn't realize were in my brain of when my dad would go out of town chet and i would stay in my parents room because mm-hmm. my our house was like split floor plan or whatever. Yeah. So I think my mom liked us on her end of the uh-huh. house when dad was out of town. And so she had a TV in her room. And so I have very distinct memories of like her watching the 11 o'clock news while I was like drifting yeah. to sleep. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And so that was weirdly nostalgic last night. It was like the movie ended and Jordan was still trying to figure out if the cable was working. And, and so the, like, I am sick. Well, and so the local <laughs> news came on and I was like, what world is this? <laughs> like, I have gone back in time. Yeah. The local news was on, and then on one of the other channels, it was um, it was Chuck Norris's TV show. Oh my gosh. And I, Walker? I said, it was Walker, Texas Ranger. I looked at Jordan, I said, did this TV to go back in time? We like, are it now feels like we're in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we will see. The jury's out on if we'll keep it. Um, but it is nice. I still like having a TV with a DVD player. Um, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. And you can get DVD players for real cheap. Now. Yes, they, like because nobody <laughs> nobody wants them anymore. Yeah. I'm the only person who still has like my collection of DVDs. Well, I, I purged physical, mine. Physical media is really important. It is. Streaming's not going to be around forever, and this, then you're not going to have access God, to anything that you love. This is what I said. I'm asking for the Friends DVDs for Christmas, mm-hmm. and this is what I, I think I said this on air months ago. To all the boys I've loved before and set it up, I am mad mm-hmm. that I can't own that on DVD. I can't even own it on iTunes. Yeah. It's only streaming. And anything that you finger quotes, air quotes, own on iTunes, you don't actually own. You are licensing to play. Right. Like, iTunes can revoke anything that you have bought through them at any time. No, thank you. Physical media, folks. (laughs) I want stuff that is mine. episode 249 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I can see some leaves changing outside. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Um, it's fall. It is. It's a little weird today. Yeah. 
Um, it's overcast. And wet. And wet. But Without not, rain. But not rainy. And it's not like cold. No. The way that it has been. Like, But you do feel a chill only because the cold makes you feel gross. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like I have this jacket on right now because I am freezing, but it is not objectively cold. Right. No. Um, and I'm like... I'm comfortable, but like I, I could be wearing another layer and still be comfortable. Is this how people in Great Britain feel? Probably. This feels like their weather, except not except too warm. We um we've been watching Great British Break Off a lot. Did you finish it? Uh yeah. I was really disappointed. I was um surprised Jordan and I predicted who was gonna win. Are we allowed like will we spoil it for people? I think we'll spoil well, this is in two weeks. Oh, this is in two weeks. Alright, so if you have not yet seen the finale of the latest fast season, fast forward. Fast forward about thirty seconds, probably. Yeah. But like, David. Yeah. Why? He like was, he's fine. He's yeah. good. Like I, I liked David all season. I loved Alice and Steph. I loved Steph, and I thought Steph was gonna win it. And then, um, right before the episode started, I told Jordan we were predicting. Yeah. And I was like, Steph will win unless she breaks because she has no oh, confidence. And she broke. She broke hard. She broke so hard. She broke hard. It was hard to watch, actually. And I, I like Alice as a person, I think, more than... She reminds than... me of the Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> With that ponytail. I think she's so cute. <laughs> she is cute. I well, just of course love her. Think she's cute. She looks like Kelsey. She's tall. Don't she? Yes, she's tall. She's got the same coloring. Like, she's definitely your type of person. She is... She is absolutely right. <laughs> um, but I also just think she's delightful. She was delightful. Um, and she's she's a fine baker. Yes. You know, like, I didn't think she was on, on Steph's level. I didn't think she was going to be in the top three. No, I really didn't either. either. And so that was a surprise, which was like, that's why I was like, it's definitely between David and Steph. And then I thought, did the Great British Bake Off do um, some foreshadowing? Because mm -hmm. they referenced, like... Eventually, it became pretty obvious, but like early in the season, they episode four or five afterward, Prue was like, yeah, Steph is so much better than she thinks she is. Yeah, but then David, they talked about David um, always coming in second, mm. and I thought, yeah. yeah, 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 I thought interesting, and so I was not as we began to see Steph absolutely Just lose, lose it. it. <laughs> like I thought, okay, David's gonna win, and David was always so calm. And I really appreciated that about his personality. Yeah, I did too. He was always so calm and neat. Yeah. So neat. And Alice was over there, like, her <laughs> workstation looked like a tornado hit but it. But then did you, did you appreciate the, the scene with her parents where they were just like, it's good management. Yes. It's not they, good luck if you were, have good management. And I was like, oh. good luck. They said, good management, because Alice. These were, these two, like, I, I just imagine these, like, anal retentive yeah. parents who had this tornado of a daughter, yeah. and they're always just like, good management, Alice, good management. It was hilarious. That's my favorite part so great. of the finale, yes. is to see everybody's see their families, families, and then to see what they did after the show. Yes. Um, I love the where are they nows, and, like, who met up to we watch during the we show. We did die laughing at the end because they were showing, clearly Michael made his rounds. Like, Michael was in every picture with mm -hmm. every baker, uh -huh. which was not surprising no, at all. No, not at all. But then it was like, it all showed these all these pictures. cute little too. Yeah, it showed all these pictures of them hanging out together and then it was like, and Rosie's back home with her animals. And I was like, and then the one guy's like, still riding motorcycles. Yeah, we were like, does Rosie not have any friends? And like, I, why didn't Rosie? I, I didn't care for Rosie at the beginning of the season. I came to deeply she love Rosie. She grew on me. Yeah. Anyway, so this was about two and a half minutes <laughs> instead of thirty seconds. My point was, we've been watching a lot of Bake Off, and they always talk about how hot it is in the tent. And I was like, 
it's 30 degrees. What do you mean it's hot? And then I finally looked up what is 30 degrees and it's 95. Yeah, it's hot in there. Which is very hot. Yeah. And that's why they can't get their chocolate to stand up. We just were laughing. That's not how cold it is here. We were just laughing. Lucy was like, they say that every season and it's like, record at a different time. Yeah. Like, like, does it have to be in the middle of summer? Right. No. Can you not record this? But like, maybe that's the only temperate month in Somerset. When we went to London in June, it was... Very pleasant, but I think that was unusual, mm. I gathered. I don't know. It was delightful. What do I know? Because it's miserable here nine months. You know, in Sleepless in Seattle, where they're like, it rains nine months out of the year in mm-hmm. Seattle, to like talk about how horrible Seattle is. I feel like it's 90 degrees nine months out of the year in yeah, Tunnel. That That's true. It is true. Ugh. So, we are answering a um, listener question today. Um, one that I think we both had to think about a little bit. Yeah. Um, some came easy. Some were uncomfortable self-reflection, um, and some were just fun. You know, we'll tell the question, and then I'll tell you what I found difficult about it. Okay, um, so the question was, which literary characters do we most like, and are we most like? Yeah. And so kind of a, a two-pronged question of, of which characters do we like and admire, for whatever reason, and which characters do we identify with? Yeah. Um, I only remembered the first part of this question so Mm. I didn't answer which characters do I like although they are the same to me but I'll tell you one thing that I did not realize until putting my answers down on paper Mm. which is I I don't know that when I read now Mm -hmm. I think when I was a kid what drew me to certain types of literature were characters who were like me Mm -hmm. or like what I wanted to be Mm -hmm. like I aspired to be and now like, I don't know that there's anyone on my list who's, like, from books I've read in the last 10 years. Yeah. No, I, I have exactly the same problem. Like, I feel like, and maybe it's because by the time you hit adulthood, you already kind of know who you are, mm-hmm. and the books you're reading aren't quite as formative. Mm-hmm. I could name you authors I aspire to be mm-hmm. or authors I love. But rarely does a character in modern literature affect me. Now, I think that's different for different people. Like, I think Hunter would sit here and tell you he really does love Amy from Gone Girl. Like, Mm -hmm. truly that character resonates with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have characters, and I'll name one as we get talking, but truly I could not think of... I would have to think a lot harder about books I've read in the last 10 to 15 years where I felt like the character was inspiring to me. Yeah. Um, I had exactly the same problem when I sat down to think about, well, which characters am I most like? Yeah. It was all characters that I was like when I was 15 to 20. Yeah. Or thought that I was like, or like felt some kinship with. Yes. Um, and then when I thought about characters that I just enjoy reading about, I'm not like them, I yeah. hope. Right. Because the characters I find most interesting are like manipulative and evil and self-serving and five steps ahead of everybody else, which is, like, not something I am. um, Nor something I really want to be, but something I enjoy reading because it's fun. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so, like, that's very different. Where I do think when I was younger, the things that I liked the most were the ones that reminded me the most of myself. Yeah. Or that I could project myself the most into. Right. And I don't read that way anymore. Right. So it was interesting. I don't think I would have been able to articulate this before thinking about this question. Yeah. Um... Because I like my love for reading has not changed. Mm-hmm. I read just as much, if not more, as an adult than I did as a kid. Yeah. But I don't feel that kinship with characters mm-hmm. the way I um, the way I did as a kid. Yeah. Um, there are two books I've read recently, and I'll mention them mm-hmm. 
I'll mention them later, but there are two books I have read as an adult, like in the last six months that I felt like, oh, I really liked those people Mm -hmm. and I wanted to spend more time with them. Mm -hmm. Is that the same way I felt about Harriet the Spy? No. No. I would say there's probably one book in the past few years that has a character whose name I don't even remember, Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember feeling very close kinship with that character. Yeah. Just thinking like, okay, I get this. Yes. This this feels right, and I'm very invested in this book because of it. Yes. Um, and that was The Afterlives. Um, oh, I just recommended that to somebody. It's so, 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 so good. I don't remember the main character's name. Because <laughs> um, it's been now... Two years? Two years, at least, at least since I read it. Um, and the story has stuck with me a lot, but I don't remember that character's yeah. name. Tom, maybe? Tom was the author, so it could have been. He um, could have named it after... Himself. Oh, you're right. Okay. Thomas Pierce was the author. So no, the character was not Tom. Anyway, um, it doesn't super matter. Um, what I like here is that the first person on my list and the second on yours are the same. Oh, good. Um, that I think we both straddle this weird line of relating to Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy. Yes, I do. I um, wrote them both down. I, I didn't write Darcy down, but I should have. I <laughs> could have. Um, because I, when I've seen people apply Myers-Briggs, um, terms to literary characters usually they say lizzie bennett is an infj and darcy is an intj mm-hmm. i've also seen it reversed mm-hmm. and i believe both yeah i could see both i definitely think mr darcy on his face comes across as an intj yeah but who knows who, personal who knows? right like personal because we get or whatever and we get so much more of of lizzie's interior perspective yeah um, which is what would make her an infj yeah but i there are so i think I have said this before I read Pride and Prejudice for the first time in like 11th grade partly I, I don't even know if it was required reading or if it was like one of the summer reading options mm-hmm. and then partly inspired by Kathleen Kelly because she loves it and you've got mail and uh-huh. I wanted to be her and did not enjoy it like yeah. don't even know if I finished it honestly yeah. then I read it the summer after my first year of college and adored it mm-hmm. devoured it couldn't put it down um and partly that was because of Elizabeth Bennet. There are parts of her that I don't understand, like her relationship with her sisters, mm-hmm. any books, and we'll talk about um, the March family too. Like, I did not grow up in a house full of sisters. Mm-hmm. I, as an adult, now know that I was not made for that life. Um, but I love these kind of kind of odd, quirky, close-knit families, yeah. and that did feel familiar to me. Um, and I loved so many of the characters I've written down. They just had characteristics where I felt like, oh, I could be like that. Um, because I didn't have a ton of examples like that in everyday life. Like many of the heroines I loved, um, were independent and spunky Mm -hmm. and, um, smart and interesting. And Elizabeth Bennett was all of those. All those things. What I relate to the most with her is that she is stubborn yeah. But she's also incredibly sensitive. Yes. And thinks and feels so deeply. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, just like asserts herself. Yeah. Um, and doesn't, won't be walked over. Yes. But at the same time, like kind of wishes she could sometimes and just let it go. Yeah. It'd um, be easier. Very, very much relate to that. Yeah. Um, I didn't read that till I was, it was the summer after I graduated from college. Okay. Um, so I was. I wonder if it's better that way. I was an adult, but a, but a young adult, right? Yeah. Like, I had a literature degree. I had never read Pride and Prejudice, and I was yeah. like, you know... Probably need to do this. Pro- probably need to do this. And I had read Sense of Sensibility, um, which I liked. Yeah. Um, but, like, it didn't connect with it the same way that, like, I really liked Pride and Prejudice yeah. when I read it. Like, I understand why it's a classic and why everybody loves yeah. this book. Like, it is, it is that good. And Mr. Darcy, like, I do not f- frequently feel... 
I was talking to Jordan about this the other day, but like, I don't, I'm an Enneagram five. I think I'm a wing six, um, based on just <laughs> what my inner, mm-hmm. <laughs> inner brain thinks about my inner life. Um, but I do understand this desire to be kind of understood. And what I, what I really appreciate about Mr. Darcy and the reason I feel a kinship with mm-hmm. him as well as Elizabeth Bennett is that Mr. Darcy is profoundly misunderstood. Yes. And it is because he doesn't show his emotions on Uh his sleeve, and he doesn't say what he's thinking, Mm -hmm. and Elizabeth does do those things. Mm -hmm. And I, in that way, am much more like Mr. Darcy Mm -hmm. than I am like Elizabeth Bennet. Right. I tend to, until pushed, keep my emotions to myself, keep my opinions to myself. Um, Eventually, those might tumble over and out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, generally speaking... um, I keep those to myself, and that does often result in people who quite aren't quite what sure what mm-hmm. to make of me or whatever. Yeah. And so that was the reason I find that's the reason I wrote down both Elizabeth yes. Bennett and Mr. Darcy. And I deeply relate to that too. Yeah. Enneagram four wing five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my deepest desire is to be understood. Yeah. And I always feel misunderstood. <laughs> and I, I I articulated this to somebody in in college when I like was really just coming to a, a much better sense of myself, and I was like, I feel like. That scene in Shrek where he's talking about ogres having layers like an <laughs> onion. Um, and like people like don't like me, but then they like me, but then they learn more about me and they don't like me. But then if they get down past that, they like really like me. But then there is a final layer at the, at the <laughs> core where like if you get to that, like you really, really don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> it goes real deep. It goes real deep, but that's... That's being a four. <laughs> yeah, I think, and that's where, that's how I know I'm not a wing four. Yeah. But that sense of like the world seeing you as one thing and you being another, yeah. I feel like Mr. Darcy walks around and we only really yeah. get Elizabeth's experience of him. Of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like many other authors have explored that character yes. and like what he might be like. Yes. I'm only going with the canon. Yeah. And I don't, going with, I was about to say, I don't Jane need things. the other, I don't need the other, but um, yeah, those are my two as well. But um, on, on that same score, I mean, all, all of my characters, I think are on the same score. Um, shockingly. Um, but the, the next one here for me is Richard Papin, the main character of The Secret History. Okay. Um, where he just feels like an outsider yeah. and like always an imposter. And yeah. he's like lying about who he is to fit in with these friends, but also kind of hates these new friends. Yeah. Um, deeply, <laughs> deeply relatable. Yeah. And that's very much my like initial grad school experience. Uh-huh. I felt like I came from a completely different world yeah. than everybody that I went to my MA program with. You probably did. Um, I did. (laughs) That probably wasn't your imagination. I I know that I did. Um, And I feel like I really didn't actually fit in as much as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say, like, I compromised myself to fit in. Um, But, like, I did a little bit. Did what you needed to do. I did what I needed to do to survive. And I made friends and it was fine. I don't talk to most of those people anymore five years later. And yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not missing anything. Yeah. And that's why I feel a little bit like yeah. Richard Bateman in The Secret History. Um, the next ones I wrote down, and you will discover, like, all of these are children's lit. Yeah. Um, but I, the very first books, when anybody asks, like, what books made you fall in love with reading, like, maybe you wish it was, like, Anna Frank Gables or Little Women or something, but uh-huh. mine really were the American Girl books. Yep. Um, and the... I have often thought, like, which American girl am I? And I loved all those books. Have you taken a quiz? I I have taken a quiz. Please. (laughs) Please. I'm not a rookie. Uh, I've taken, I believe, multiple BuzzFeed quizzes. Um, I, first of all, like 
I guess you were saying earlier, like, I liked all of those girls. Like, I liked yeah. all of them. But I did not feel a kinship with all mm-hmm. of them. So I loved Samantha's books. I am in no way, shape, or form a Samantha. People listening to this will know what that means. I found a kinship with Molly and with Felicity Merriman. So Molly McIntyre is the World War II girl. She's mm-hmm. got glasses and the braids. Um, I am like her, except I think Molly is more of a performer than I am. Mm -hmm. And so that is where, like, there's this whole book devoted to her, like, wanting to be in a performance and wanting her hair curled and all this stuff. None of that speaks to Annie Sue Butterworth or Annie B. Jones on any level. Um, Felicity Merriman is the Revolutionary War era Mm -hmm. girl. And she had red hair. Um, my hair is not red, but it is, it, it gets close. Um, and so I found a kinship with her immediately. And I also liked how loyal she was to her friends. And anyway, I think those two girls had a deep impact on me. I read them when I was very young. Like I read those books as I think a six year old, um, six and seven. And so I went into elementary school already knowing deeply who I wanted to be Mm -hmm. I think like and I Jordan and I have talked about this often like I have changed a lot in the past few years just because the bookshelf has Mm -hmm. changed me um and having to do hard things changes a person yeah for sure but I very much am the same person I was when I was a child Mm -hmm. like I am anybody who knew me then probably would know who I am now Uh, and I think that's because I read books so young that, that I and I knew I want to be like her, or mm-hmm. I want to look like that, and um, I want to care about the things these characters care about. Right. And so Molly and Felicity were introduced to me at a very young age, and they stuck with me. They, I mean, I think they're still around. I think they're still around up there. I'm sure they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was in Little Women as a play okay. in high school, and I played Theodore Laurie Lawrence. Um, and I've never actually read Little Women. Okay. But I've seen two different movie versions. Which ones have you seen? The Christian Bale, Kirsten Dunst yeah. one, and a TV one. Okay. The recent one? Like no. the PBS one? Mm-mm. Okay. It was, it was old. Okay. Um, I don't know if I've like seen a, that one. Mm, I, I couldn't tell you who was in it. Okay. If it was anybody famous even. Okay. Um, but I watched it in high school preparing for... The play. The play. Um, to like, you get a sense of who is this character beyond young Batman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair. Because that's when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, when those movies were coming out. Um, I, I, I feel like I did draw a lot from my own well of adolescent experience in playing that part, mm-hmm. which is perhaps why I feel like I relate to that character. But then when I've, again, when I've looked up like literary characters by personality type, like he always comes up. As INFJ. He came up somewhere recently. I must have, you know, one of those dumb Enneagram yeah. memes or something referenced Laurie as a four. Yeah. I mean, and that makes total sense yeah. to me um, where he is like really looking for belonging and really yeah. looking for family and really looking for the March girls to give him a sense of self yes. and who he is. Yes. Um, which like he, he has with Joe. He really does. Right. But he's maybe not correct yeah. about it. Yeah. And I there is a big part of me that like he and Amy make total sense to me they, together. The this same God, I wish I could reference what it was so you could link to it. But this same thing I am thinking of, maybe God, maybe it was a podcast? I really don't know. But anyway, the the article or the person said that Amy was also in an Enneagram four. And that makes sense. And I thought, oh that's really for, interesting. Fours and fours. Yeah. Um that's so funny. Joe March made mine. Yeah. And I and I think there's a lot of women who feel that way. Yeah. Um, Joe is certainly one of the most fleshed out characters in that book. Um, Joe March is a is a great character. She's iconic. Yeah. Um and and to be fair, like 
I would love to reread it again. I haven't reread it in years. I have read it more than once. Um, but I would love to read it again and see if the reason we love Joe is because Louisa May Alcott loved her the most. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's because she really is... Because not every woman can be Joe March. You right. know what I mean? But we all think we are. Um, and is Meg the one that we forget about the most? Yes. Yeah. Universally, yeah. I think. Um, even in this modern retelling I read recently, I think we talked about We it. did talk about like, this last yeah. week when we recorded. Yeah. So, regardless, I still... When I read or watch Little Women, I still feel for Joe. Yeah. I was... A bit of a tomboy, not entirely, but a little bit. That was the term we used back then for like, you know, like I didn't like, like I said earlier, like Molly McIntyre was concerned with curling her hair and like being able to wear her hair curly Mm -hmm. for this big event. I did not care about those things. My haircut has, it's been the same since I was eight years old. I do, I don't care. You don't have the bangs anymore. No, I don't have the bangs, but otherwise (laughs) it's about the same. Um, I just don't care about those things. And I admire people who do. Like, I like my friends. I'm old enough now to understand, like, mm-hmm. it's nice to have all different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, but Joe was a writer, and I wanted to be mm-hmm. a writer. And Joe wanted so badly at times to be a boy and yeah. to and to be able to do things that boys could do. And she's a pro-feminist in that way. Yeah. Like, she's, she's a great character. Yeah. And I loved her friendship with Lori. Mm-hmm. And when I was young, it broke my heart that they didn't wind up together. There's still a part of my heart that breaks, the nostalgia. Of course, part. yeah. But when I read it now and when I watch it now, I also think Lori wound up with exactly who he was supposed to wind up with and mm-hmm. Joe also wound up exactly with who she was supposed and to wind like, up with. And like, I don't know, there's there's also a part of me that's like, Lori, I'm not saying settled, settled isn't the right word, but like Lori needed to belong to the March family. Yes. Like at the core of his being, he needed to join that family. And when it didn't work out with Joe, he just like... Found the next one. Found the next one because obviously it wasn't Meg and Beth was dead. So, like, um, (laughs) what do you do? He he needed that in his his being. And I I do think they they work for each other. Their partnership makes sense in adulthood. The sad part, right, about that book is we're given them mostly in children. Mostly in childhood. And so then their adult relationship makes not as much sense. Right. Um, But I think if you understand, if you can get an understanding of who Amy is as an adult, which we all know I struggle with personally. But, like, if we get a sense of who she is as an adult and get a sense of who Lori is, I think they do make more sense. They do. And now what was terrible about my high school productions that I was 18 playing Lori... Um, the girl playing Amy was 12. Um, and at the end of the play, yeah. we had to, you know... Yeah. <laughs> th- there was a kiss written into the play that we did not do. Yeah, couldn't. Um, couldn't. Um, <laughs> I think I carried her off the stage because she was this, like, 4, 8, 12-year-old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was oh, just wow. like, okay. High school, man. Here we are. Theater. That's the theater for you. Middle and high school play. It was... Weird. Um, I have another Louise May Alcott I'll just talk about Please. briefly. I've talked about An Old Fashioned Girl many mm-hmm. times in here. Um, but Polly Milton, I have reread that book multiple times. It is a very moralistic tale. That's what Louise May Alcott did. So if that is not your thing... It's it's right there in the title. Right, then it's not for you. But as a relatively sheltered young adult, um, I love this story of a young woman who was very pure and innocent and had these friends who were trying to help her grow and change, but she somehow towed the line between gracefully maybe rejecting some of their ideas for her, um, but also growing as a person. And um, I just love Polly Milton. She still stands out to me as a beloved character. Um, <coughs> I will I will mention 
Jay Gatsby as another okay. very, very teen Chris yes. idea. But I can also say, uh, psychoanalyze that a little bit more. That, like, teen Chris especially, and young adult Chris too, very much relates to the idea of, like, really, really wanting something and being willing to do whatever it takes to get that. Okay. And then being very disappointed with it <laughs> with the end when result. you actually have it. And if you're like, oh... I don't want this. I didn't want this after all. Um, I really like the idea of wanting something. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of striving. Once I get the thing, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and that's the tragedy <laughs> of The Great Gatsby to me. Yes. That is the story of the American dream that Fitzgerald is telling. Like, yeah. we love striving as, yeah. a, as a society. Yes, as we're an American culture. We're never going to be satisfied with anything. Right. Manifest destiny, etc. Yeah. Like, we're always just looking for the next thing. That's the tragedy of the story. Yeah. Um, it's not just about fancy parties. It's not just about like, look how fun the twenties were. Like it, it is a tragedy. That is a dark story. Yeah. Um, that I don't think I understood for exactly the right reasons when I read it when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And yet a part of me still thinks that I did. Yeah. Like intuitively I got yeah. it. Even if I couldn't articulate exactly yeah. what it was about that. I think we've got to give high schoolers some credit. Honestly. Um, yeah. They're people. Um, I wrote down Anne Shirley and Emily's star. Mm -hmm. These are both Ellen Montgomery characters. Um, Anne Shirley, I think, is far more extroverted than I will ever be. But these very imaginative, creative young women were very inspiring to me. Uh, Emily, like Joe March, wanted to be a writer. There is an entire passage in one of the Emily books devoted to ambition. And ambition in women is not something... I think Ellen Montgomery was ahead of her time mm -hmm. um, in articulating that and in dealing so beautifully with that. Um, so I... And I value ambition perhaps even more than I should, I think. But I also think ambition gets a negative connotation wrapped around it. Um, so I adore ambitious characters and ambitious young women, and Emily Starr was one of them. Um, I also wanted to reference Anne Shirley because I do think she and I are different people and yet there is so many, like sometimes Just Jordan, yeah, like sometimes, so many times Jordan will watch, like when we were in Prince Edward Island, we watched the Anne of Green Gables musical and he'll like lean over to me and be like, oh, I see. Like there are, like I very much have been affected mm -hmm. by these young women I met when I was mm -hmm. a child. Um, but one thing I really have thought a lot about in, in recent years, especially in going to PEI this summer was that the love story between Anne Shirley and Gilbert Blythe probably made an impact on me that I didn't understand. Mm. So whereas Joe March, right, as a kid, when I read Little Women as an eight-year-old, she didn't get who she should have gotten. Right. We can, we've already discussed in yeah. adulthood, we feel differently. But like, as an eight-year-old, I thought, this isn't fair. Like, Joe didn't get her person. Right. Um, then I read Aunt, the Anne Shirley's books, and she and Gilbert do have one another. And one thing I think really stood out to me was that they had this deep competitive spirit between mm. them. And also um, he had a deep respect for her intellect, um, which again is not something you see articulated in literature very often yeah. or in, or in life yeah. <laughs> or in life at all. Um, especially the circles I was running in. That um, is true. My intellect or independence or ambition or leadership qualities were not necessarily smiled upon right. um, in conservative Christian circles. Right. So to see this young woman, have this friend who she just likes as a friend. At first she hates him, and then they become friends, and then they fall in love. That feels very true to me. Yeah. And very, I think I didn't realize I don't consider myself a super romantic person. Mm -hmm. And so that's not the storyline 
that maybe meant the most to me. Right. And yet I look back and I'm like, oh, I think I was looking for someone who would respect me, compete with me, mm-hmm. and be friends with me. And I got that person. <laughs> um, but I but I look back and I'm like, oh, the Anne and Gilbert relationship was vitally important to me in a way I didn't know. Yeah. In, until, I guess, analyzing it in adulthood. Do you have characters that you kind of aspire to be? Um, I mean, I truly think all of the ones I've mentioned, like I think what I love about those characters is they are deeply flawed. These are not mm-hmm. perfect yeah. people. Um, they're deeply flawed, um, but they try so hard. They are stubborn, which I find, like I think I see parts of myself in them and then I also see parts that I want so badly to be. Yeah. Um, I want to be that confident or I want to be um, somebody who writes beautiful books mm-hmm. or who, you know, who has a, a family she adores. Like, I think, I don't know, I think all of these characters I've yeah. named, I feel a deep aspirational quality is in them as well. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Harry Potter well yeah. very briefly. Yeah. Um, but Remus Lupin. Oh my gosh. Is just the greatest He's character so good. in the entire franchise. Yeah. And He's I, so good. I aspired to be Lupin. I aspire to his kindness and yeah. his compassion, um, never letting his own ailment and affliction come first. Never, never even articulating it. Yeah, like, he's just like, "This is my thing. Let me help you with your thing." Yes, like to the detriment of himself. Yeah, his level of sacrifice is so moving to me. Yeah, I'm tearing up um, thinking about Remus Lupin and being taken away before his time. <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful. It really is. It's so beautiful. I love Remus Lupin so yeah. much. I think of um, Sirius Black. Ugh, I love him too. That, if you're asking, so I guess, different. Yeah, if you're asking for like a just a character you love, mm-hmm. Sirius Black, Prisoner of Azkaban is my yeah. favorite Harry Potter yeah. book. Um, Sirius Black sticks out to me vividly as a character I loved, but very di- not necessarily a character I aspired to mm-hmm. or found myself in. Yeah. But I really loved him. Yeah. Um, and then of course, as an 11 year old girl reading Harry Potter for the first time, yeah. who wouldn't fall in love with Hermione? Right. Uh, but it goes back to, I think I can name these characters because there weren't a ton of them. Like, yeah. I, th- I feel so grateful that I think the world has changed and grown and there are a variety of different kinds of heroines too, mm-hmm. because that's the thing. Mine all kind of look a lot alike. Yeah. Um, but mine too. <laughs> but I think it's important to note that you can that there are um, that there are lovely characters that perhaps are more um, princessy or that you can mm-hmm. still aspire to be. That's just not what I was drawn to as a kid. But I think we live in a literary world now that is way more complex and nuanced. I think so too about their characters. And so there are there is something for every little girl and little boy, which I love. Um, but Hermione Granger and her adoration of books. And her, but this is also okay. So many times, the goody two shoes lover of books was would not partake in the adventures. Yeah, and I loved that Hermione loved books and she liked following the rules, but she was willing to break the rules for her friends. And she also what has been tragically excised from the movies is Hermione's commitment to social justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. The entire subplot yes. of the series is the Society for the Protection of Elvish Welfare, yes. which she is very concerned. She's super passionate about. And it's played for laughs in a terrible way sometimes yeah. where like everybody else is just like, come on, yeah. they're just elves, whatever. And Hermione's like, this is horrifying. Right. We have a slave race. Because she comes from the muggle because world. Because she comes yeah. from muggle world where she understands what it means to have a slave yes. race. Yeah. Um, 
I love that so much it's about her. It's such a her. good storyline. It is such a great storyline that finally when people begin to take her seriously in book seven, or actually it's kind of written out of book seven, but like book six. Yeah. Um, ugh. She is... So good. She is just somebody, I think that character could easily have become, like I said, the goody two-shoes, the kind of, um, the school marmy yeah. character with Harry and Ron. Mm-hmm. And instead... She never is. She never is. A little bit book one. Yeah, but she, sure. But she outgrows But she's that. 11. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like, but she realizes people are important. Like, mm-hmm. people are more important than the rules. Right. Um, and I love that. And I love that she is sorted Gryffindor. Yes. Is Gryffindor, but is just not that, like, Gryffindor stereotype of, yeah. like, just rushes headlong into danger and doesn't think about anything ever. She's right. the antithesis of that. Yeah. But values, romance, bravery. Yeah. All those wonderful things. Yeah. Um, and that's why she belongs there. Yeah. I love it. I love it, too. Hermione's great. Characters are great. Characters are fun. I think this is a good exercise for readers to ask themselves. I'm also going to link, once again, to C.J. Hauser's piece in The Millions about what the characters we like tell us about ourselves yes. and how it's not just like, I relate to this and yeah. how hashtag relatable isn't the goal of literature. Yes. Um, it's supposed to stretch us. Which maybe, oh, I know we're running out of time, but, yeah, this, we're fine. but I just wanted to <laughs> reference, I wanted to reference um, the books I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. I, I don't find myself an adult lit very often because I think CJ's right. Like, that's not really why we're reading anymore. Right. Whereas in, when we're a kid, that kind of reading makes more exactly. sense. Exactly. And that's when we're exposed to a lot of the classics. That's right. But I will say, when I read The Dutch House recently, mm-hmm. Maeve stuck, stuck out to me because she is an older sister mm-hmm. with a younger brother. Mm-hmm. She is profoundly protective um, in a way that I think teeters on unhealthy mm. um but i adored her character and i wanted i loved how deep um and patchett drew her character and then in the dearly beloved there's this character of nan who i think my dad read the book and nan was not appealing to him in any way but i felt felt a deep kinship with nan uh in the book she is an atheist uh, she is a doubter um but she and she is tough oh gosh she is so tough but my heart just I just loved her deeply um, and wanted so badly to know what would become of her story. So I think in adulthood we are reading just very differently than we are as kids. Yeah. I just wanted to, before I forgot, because I referenced them at yeah. the beginning. No, that's great, because I also forgot. Yes. So, good. Okay, good. is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. So I won soup night. You did. Very closely. Yeah, it was I don't it by know. one. So it was by one because... 
Um, so Elon, it was between me and Elon, and I didn't know it was that close. I had not looked. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Elon was gonna win because I liked her soup. So I, her soup, her soup was, was very real good. good. Um, but it was between me and Elon. But somebody, and we had told people they could vote up to twice. Like I think mm-hmm. Kelsey was who had asked. We said you can vote for two. And so somebody had voted for me, and they like wrote a note that they like voted for me and for the potato leek soup. Mm. And so um, Elon was furious because she was like, "If if they hadn't done that, because we were neck and neck, like uh-huh. I won by one vote." Um, <laughs> but it was very fun per usual, and it's always very fun. It's fun people watching, yeah. how people scoop their soup, how many soups they ate. It was it is a ball. I ate all of the soups. Um, did you eat? What was your favorite? Do you remember? Elon's was my favorite. Yeah. Um, and then yours and Nancy's were my second favorite. Jordan's favorite. Time. Jordan's favorite was Elon's, and his second favorite was mine. Um, and he voted because, of course, Jordan, I only voted once. Jordan Jones is a an attorney, yeah. So he um, blind voted. He mm-hmm. did because Elon was like, "You voted for your wives, didn't you?" People who attacked Jordan for the that it makes me laugh out loud <laughs> because it's not because Jordan. that's not how Jordan like that's how I know Jordan really loves me because <laughs> because he would never lie to anyone. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah, that's how I know he oh, cares. That's so funny. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy some soup. We'll see you next week.